Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Chaba. I'm Kino. I'm Stacy. And I'm Cheesy. So today we are going to tackle a, a fairly difficult topic. When a group of people work together, there is always some level of conflict. When you guys uh, think about a development team, what are the most typical conflicts that happen within, de- within a development team? I don't think there's always conflict. I think it's good to have conflict. If there is no conflict, actually, that, that shows that the team is not comfortable speaking up to one another, is uh, not comfortable uh, standing up for themselves, standing up for their ideas, uh, for whichever reason that is. Now, to answer your question, uh, what are the conflicts that I see most? Oftentimes, those are related to how do we solve a certain problem? What functionality are we going to work on first? What is a choice of technology that we're going to use here? So those are conflicts that arise. That doesn't necessarily mean that they that they cause uh, an awful lot of drama. Just to add on to what uh, Hino said, I think we also run into conflicts around code. Uh, you know, different ways of doing things uh, that that often don't come out very quickly. Or something I've seen a lot as well is conflict between teams, multiple teams possibly working on the same product where uh, they're, they're often the developers in those uh, teams only really are aware of what's happening on their team and not aware of the, the, broader, uh, the, the broader product itself. So changes made in one area maybe have an effect in another area. And strong teams tend to create a strong brand. And uh, so uh, conflicts between teams kind of is inevitable in that space where, uh, where uh, there isn't a really strong shared vision. And uh, I'll also say that in the day of COVID, where we're now all working remotely, these, these sort of conflicts happen easier because we're not in the same proximity. It, it, it's, not as easy to discover that these conflicts or that these differences are happening uh, in today's world. And and as as a result, they tend to be a bigger issue by the time they finally bubble up or surface. These conflicts, as as, uh, as Sino mentioned, sometimes they don't come out. And uh, this just uh, kind of uh, just delays the inevitable. Do you guys have any advice or any any, uh, ideas that uh, could could help our listeners to, to help them to bring up some of the some of the cha- problems some of the challenges something that i think that's really important is to make sure that the team norms are such that people are not afraid to to speak up and often the element that that allows that to happen is uh something that we talk about a lot which is psychological safety so in other words uh uh having a, an environment where People feel comfortable to speak up where conflict isn't looked at as an uh, as as a, a point of tension, but instead it's looked at as an area of it to investigate. So creating that safe environment where people can speak up without feeling that one of their teammates is going to get angry at them for speaking up, I, I think is, is pretty essential. Yeah, and I, I would like to add a few things to that as well, because creating that environment is one thing and having that agreement that everyone can speak up and that people will not be reprimanded 
people need to get used to to this. They they need to almost see proof that there will be no reprimand. And one of the things that I do then is uh, is actually I raise a conflict, something that I don't agree with. I will point it out. Uh, I will sometimes even take take a stance that uh, that that is square against somebody else to uh, to let them speak up and to actually uh, almost draw draw that conflict out, and it, it somewhat helps. Psychological safety is one of those things that a lot of folks talk about, but is very hard to actually get going very hard to implement and so sometimes you even hear things like like it's it's weaponized it's like this uh, this thing that that almost has the opposite effect in in a certain kind of environment i haven't necessarily encouraged conflict but i've i've certainly set it up you know and, and especially in the kinds of conflicts that you know are going to be prevalent, especially among like, like opinionated developers, right? There's going to be, there's, there's going to be opportunities to work through that conflict and repeat it and to build the, um, the kind of the reflexes on how, how we respond to it. On one hand, it, it helps. I've seen it help folks kind of repair um, a bit of a damaged uh, working relationship through that, and on the other hand, it also provides the tools to help when uh, conflict with other people come up um, to to try and and navigate. Because you know, folks often have very similar goals. You know, I'm I'm kind of an optimist, so I think there's lots of opportunity to resolve. There was a situation uh, with one of my teams where there was quite literally, well. Not literally, but almost an elephant in the room, and we made it quite literal. So we were working together around a um, a board that everyone saw, and um, just in order to basically get the conversation going, um, I drew an an elephant on uh, on the board on that whatever works for us as a whiteboard. And uh, that elephant actually allowed people to address that particular elephant in the room. They, it was something tangible. Somebody else brought it up, even though it was not brought up in words yet. They already knew, like, everyone knows about the elephant, right? Because that's why it's an elephant. Nobody can look next to it. It's just there. So we knew that something needed to be addressed and somebody was uh, courageous enough to uh, to speak up and actually and actually address it as a result so uh, so sometimes calling it out that way really does work what are our favorite tools to help navigate difficult conflict you know you, as a coach how do you sit in the situation and kind of nerf the edges if you will for me uh, the, the number one tool is listening it's really listening to how people are impacted by the conflict that is is on everyone's mind, how they feel, uh, what makes them feel in a bad position, uh, what makes them shut down if that's the case, what makes them speak up, uh, how would they want to see want to see the result. So I I start listening first and then uh, start facilitating conversations between uh, different individuals within the team and uh, and make sure that those things come up in um, in a way that people do not feel called out but it also feels that they that they're hurt. Whenever a conflict or a difficult situation uh, is is kind of unfolding and the team is talking about it the the way people speak sometimes it could come across as accusatory or, or, or finger pointing. 
And, and not because these people, whoever speak about this problem, they want to finger point or they want to accuse people. It just, it just happens that, that that's probably the, the easiest way to describe the problem, right? Like you did this or, or, or you, or this is what happened when you touched that code or, or so on and so forth. And one of the techniques I, I try to teach, um, individuals or even teams is teaching them about impact feedback. And that would be, how do you describe that challenge or that problem in a way that describes the impact on the on yourself, on the individual? Because that's one of those things where it's very, very hard to argue with. And also, it creates a moment when everybody can have a moment of empathy towards that individual because I'm just describing how I feel. And, and I found that this could take out a little bit the edge of the conversation. Often, whenever there is a conflict, and 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 let's say if you we have what I might call a repeat offender, somebody who maybe has created conflict within the team on multiple occasions. Sometimes listening is is just the beginning because what what I find so often in those cases is the the, the real conflict within that person is not what has bubbled up to the surface. So. They they may be they're, they're, they may be creating conflicts for for one reason or another, but but that there often is something that's a little bit deeper rooted that that is sort of the root cause. And so, in addition to listening, I'm going to throw a second skill that I think really is valuable in those cases cases, and that's patience. Patience to help that person work to a place where. Maybe you as their mentor or you as their, their coach, that, that they feel comfortable sharing that, that with you or, or even patience around you discovering the right way to, uh, to help them. And so, uh, again, the, the, the two best tools, I think, are a combination of listening and patience. And it's not always easy, right? But that everyone is working through conflict at their own pace, and and you need to give people the space to to do it in their way, so that it's uh, so that it's lasting, and they 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 don't feel dismissed. Uh, they really feel heard, and they 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 feel like they you took them to a place where they feel closure instead of the resolution being pushed upon them, right? So that's that's really important. I wanted to throw in. Yet another tool I discovered quite a while ago, but I've actually started actively using them only using it only the, the last uh, one and a half years or so. That is delegation poker, and I, I especially find that useful when there's conflict coming up in teams where uh, people make decisions and and there is no clarity around who needs to make the decisions and who needs to be involved. And delegation poker is one of those fantastic tools that comes from uh, management. X.O. I don't know anymore which version they're at, where, where you basically help the team create clarity around who is in charge of a certain decision, uh, how other people are involved, and how people are, are informed about the decision being made. So it's one of those very practical, concrete tools. Sometimes you try to take shortcuts, you know. Uh, and, you know, folks might be familiar with the notion of, you know, stepping into a code review situation and and you know, trying to couch that with you know, this is this isn't about you; it's about the code. Uh, sometimes that's helpful, and, and sometimes it can almost give someone permission, if you will, to be a little more like to not keep their aggressiveness in check. You know, kind of back to what um, you were saying, Chaba, around the, the impact feedback. It it's uh, it's really uh, important to keep folks aware 
because those those kinds of, of shortcuts can can sound nice in, um, in putting them into practice is is very very difficult they they um, quite often don't have the impact on the team and uh, as they did in your head when you <laughs> when you read it and you know I'm thinking about this one because this was one that I did try and I I thought well this is going to be fantastic and it just totally didn't work out you know I, I, as it continued to not work out every time. I um, I kind of retired it as a tool because it it just was too dangerous to uh, to pull in. I find there's two types of of conflict, and and you're you're pointing out both of them at at the same time, Stacy. And I think it's important to make a distinction between them. Uh, one type of conflict is around uh, a solution, around a disagreement, around the value, around how we work, and so forth. Another one is. Uh, we have conflict because I don't like you for one or the other reason, because you rub me the wrong way for one or the other reason. And those are two very different types of conflict. And when the second one is happening and you're applying practices from the former one, well, then then you're ending up making the situation situation worse. And I've, I've fallen in that trap multiple times myself as well. And it's not always that easy to uh, distinguish which one... Uh, uh, you're dealing with. I found that if you have conflicts related to the value, and, and it's very clear that it's 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 around the product decision, it's around the technology decision, it's around uh, who's going to do what. Those problems are easier to address in group, while the other ones that are really about personal issues, it's kind of better to to have those. One on one, sometimes to prep, as Jabba referred to, prep the conversation and then later uh, having a facilitated conversation. But still, I, I would always go back to the facilitated conversation and, and try to put all opinions on the table and, and try to ensure that that interpretation on both sides actually comes out because people who are in the conflict might not always have insight in, in what the other, what, what the other's interpretation of it is and how it affects them. And this concludes today's continuous delivery podcast. Thank you very much.